Think you know the Brooks Ghost? Think again. Introducing the all-new, better-than-ever Ghost 16. Now with nitrogen-infused cushioning for lightweight, supreme softness that feels good every step, every street, every single day. So go ahead, take your daily joyride in the all-new nitrogen-infused Ghost 16. It'll turn your everyday miles into everyday endorphins. Let's run there. Head to brooksrunning.com to learn more. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Justin, we have a podcast. Diving, diving deep. Indeed. Diving deep into all things Texas. Both on and off the field. Here's Sean Pendergast. And Pro Football Hall of Famer. The General. Sean McClain. Welcome. Welcome. To Utopia. Hey, everybody. Hope you're having a great week. Welcome in. It is the Hutopia football podcast with you on a uh, we record this on a early Monday afternoon. Uh, we're a week away from Memorial Day. Most importantly, on the football front, OTAs began today and we've got uh, press conferences and OTAs tomorrow. We'll get into all that. Welcome in. I'm Sean Pendergast, one half of Payne and Pendergast on Sports Radio 610. Joined, as always, by my good friend, the Hall of Famer. And he is our senior Texans columnist at SportsRadio610.com. John McClain joining me on the program, on the podcast, as always. John, how are we doing? I'm doing great, and you're going to have to change that title because I'm no longer a senior Texans columnist. I am senior columnist, so I can write about the Astros and anything I want. I ran that by Brandon, and he said that sounded like a great idea. So since Mattress Mike Mattress Mac shut down Gallery Sports, I love writing about the Astros and other stuff. So now I have that opportunity for SportsRadio610.com. All right. I consider, consider the title amended, John. You are senior columnist with a <laughs> cross mark through the Texans, but obviously you'll still be you'll still be doing a ton of Texans stuff. Oh, uh, almost, almost everything will be about the Texans. But when we hit that lull yeah. after the mini camp in the middle of June till training camp, that's when I plan to, plan to crank it up on the Astros. We'll probably crank it up on this podcast, too, and make it a little more Astros that time of year as well. So, um, And we'll sprinkle in a little Astros today. In fact, why don't we start there off the top, John? Uh, we're in the middle of a nice winning streak right now. This is fun for the Astros. It's amazing. Uh, you know, they've been beating up on bad teams, but I saw a stat where they had the best record against teams with winning records. And that goes back to sweeping the Braves, winning two or three in Tampa, and winning the series against the Blue Jays. And the other thing I noticed is their bullpen is back to being the best in baseball after Mon- after Montero hit a bad spot. Mm-hmm. He's had three good performances in a row. It is amazing to me. They have the best ERA. And despite all those injuries, that to me is just amazing. Now, Dusty Baker can say all he wants. They're winning in spite of Jose Abreu, who I just don't understand why he keeps hitting clean up when he's been awful. And I don't understand why they can't find a place for their 309 hitter. As of we record this, Sean, he's up to 309. He hasn't played in any of, he didn't play in any of the Oakland games 
when Jose Altuve came back, even though last year he played multiple positions. Yeah, it's weird. It's the Dubon thing is strange. I'm willing to let it play out a little bit, especially because the Astros are coming up on a stretch of schedule where they, after this Thursday, John, they play 17 days in a row. I'm going to guess we're going to see a lot of Dubon during that time frame, kind of doing the old Marwin Gonzalez thing where this guy gets in a Ledmus Diaz too last year. This guy gets a day off, so Dubon plays. That guy gets a day off, so Dubon plays. The weird thing about him not playing any center field at all, um, of course, they have a plethora of outfielders right now, and Jake Myers has actually finally started to do some things. So maybe Dusty feels like he doesn't want to step in the way of Jake Myers' progress there. Um, but I remember Dubon was like the personal center fielder for Verlander last year, you know, because Dusty was like, he prevents guys from going first to third. It was like the most specific reason to start a guy. And now he's actually hitting 309 and he can't get in the lineup. So, I, yeah, that, that part is just strange. The Abreu stuff is malpractice. That is – that he, Jose Abreu, especially after batting Tucker cleanup for a week, and it worked – and then you switch Abreu back to cleanup. Uh, John, Amy, and I were at the game yesterday, the Fromber Valdez shutout. And shout out to Fromber. He was amazing yesterday. Um, but when I think it was the eighth inning or the seventh inning, late in the game, Abreu came up with bases loaded, one out. He's the cleanup hitter. And I'm literally turning to Amy at the game and I'm saying, I just don't want him to swing. I'll take a, I'll take a, <laughs> I will take a strikeout looking right now over Jose Abreu swinging at a baseball. And sure enough, he grounded into a double play to end the inning. Like, I just want him to do whatever's going to get us to Kyle Tucker. And I know if he swings the bat, there is a decent chance that we don't get to Kyle Tucker. And sure enough, he grounded out into a double play. Um, I, John, here's the scary thing for the Astros with Jose Abreu is that the longer the season goes on, the more the explanation becomes is he's washed. He's just old, and this is what they're going to get, you know, because he's not making any good contact right now. He looks like he's not real confident, and he also looks like his bat's a little slow, and you know it's killing him. He knows how much money he got paid, and he also is embarrassed, and he's nothing he can do about it right now. And I think if you set him for two or three games, let him get a different perspective, relax a little bit, put him down there hitting in front of Maldi, take the pressure off the cleanup spot, and then see if he could get it back. But at what point, all-star break or what, do they just bench him where he's almost as bad? It's funny, Maldonado has gotten up to 200, mm -hmm. and Abreu is getting into Maldi territory, and he could be below the Mendoza line, which is 200, and it's amazing they're winning. But now they're playing better team. They get they get Milwaukee, then they get another series against the A's. So they got to take advantage of this stretch because the Rangers just keep on winning. But uh, you know they're never going to admit they made a mistake on a Abreu. A lot of people would be responsible for that. Yeah. And I thought it was a good deal. Yeah, you know, I was. Yeah, I wasn't. About it. Yep. But who's going to play first base? They have Dubon taking some grounders over there in practice. But who else? You know, at one point last year, they were talking about Alvarez. Mm -hmm. And he would make no. a great target at first base, but he would have to stretch and dig out balls, and he's just learning to play left field. So who do they have who could play first base? Yeah, I the the well, Yiner Diaz has stepped in there and played a little bit of first base. Hensley's back in the minors, so but that's the problem is you 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 know, you're you're talking about which guys are capable of playing first base defensively. 
you know, their, their bats in the lineup, the bat comes with them, you know? Um, so it's, it's a, it's a big problem, John, I, you know, you're right. They, they face better teams. I say they face better teams. I mean, it's hard to face worse teams than the, than the Oakland A's. Of course they play the A's later this week, but yeah, like June rolls around and you've got Seattle and St. Louis is playing better Tampa Bay, the angels, Toronto, um, you know, so they, it's, oh no, I'm sorry. That I'm looking at the Rangers schedule. Sorry about that. Never mind. Uh, here's what I was going to say. They play the Rangers at the end of June. They, they, they need to have figured this Abreu thing. Abreu either needs to have figured it out or they need to figure the Abreu situation out before they start playing these head-to-head games against the Rangers. Because these games are going to be super, super important this year. Because it looks like, at least so far, the Rangers aren't Rangers aren't going away. I don't know if they'll play this well all year long, but they're not going away. They're, they're, that's a decent baseball team this year. Well, they better find somebody and play first base. Yiner Diaz is a catcher or a DH, yeah, and he hits better than Maldi. Did you see that great stat that he and Shane Langoliers of the A's have the best arms of any catchers in American League? That passes the eye test, man. That passes the eye test. So, um, well, three against Milwaukee, and then a day off, and then three in Oakland. So, um, thankfully, they're, they're thankfully they're in the Oakland patch of schedule right now, John. So they only scored ten runs against the A's. Yeah, you know, they struggle against the A's pitchers. Yeah, I I didn't watch. I didn't get to see the game Saturday because I was I was at a crawfish boil on Saturday. I was at the game yesterday. I, yeah, I know they won two nothing yesterday. They like Pena had a home run robbed. They had multiple innings end with line drives right at people. Like I watched yesterday's game and I'm like, all right, I you know it's they, they and they've never been get they never never been a good team at getting up for bad teams. So I don't I don't get too worried about. I'm I'm happy they won. Just put it that way. You know, I know the A's are terrible, but just beat the terrible teams. I don't care if you beat them three to two or you beat them nine to two. Just win the games. They'll be we fine. Were, we were there Saturday, and I'm watching the Rangers just pound the Rockies. Yeah, and I'm with one of my closest friends, Shereen Williams from Pro Football Talk, and we're like, "How come the Astros don't have games like that?" Where yeah, can, I know. You don't have to be biting your nails all the way to the end. Because Alvarez and Tucker are the only clutch hitters they got. Yeah, as long as we're biting them in October and November, that's the important thing, I suppose. (laughs) (laughs) Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America NA, member FDIC. Um, so, John, a few Texans items, and we'll get to some for real or fugazis for a Monday episode of the Utopia Football Podcast. Um, it, on the heels of an interview by um, our good friend Mark Berman of Fox 26 out at the Fairchild Workout Facility, the headline, Clowny, quote, um, I forget what it was, open to coming back to the Texans, something about Jadeveon Clowney returning possibly to the Texans uh, on the heels of Berman interviewing him out at that workout facility. Uh, I guess let's start there. What do you do? Do you think there's any chance that Jadeveon Clowney becomes a Houston Texan on a short term deal? He said that his agent had spoken to him. That doesn't mean his agent has not called him. Mm-hmm. And uh, I don't see it. When they re signed Jacob Martin, I couldn't understand it. You know, their biggest weakness on defense was run defense, and that was Clowney's specialty. And he bounces around like a mercenary. He doesn't spend time in off-season program. I'd sign Clowney if you could work out a deal 
financially because he would come in and help the run defense. And he's not a problem. You know, O'Brien just didn't like him. That's why they, they made him a contract offer. You couldn't pay two defensive ends $100 million. And they were already paying Watt that. I think they offered him $75 million. He turned it down. Should have taken it in retrospect. But I'd love to see Clowney back there. I don't know why they signed, you know, re- brought back Jacob Martin, but they're just stockpiling veteran defensive linemen because it's such an important position. But uh, maybe we talked to D'Amico on Tuesday. We'll ask him about that possibility. He'll say we're always doing whatever he can if we think it's going to help the organization. Yeah, to make the team better. Um, John, what do you make of Clowney and the way things ended with him in Cleveland, where at the end of the season he was literally sent home from the facility because of uh, some feelings he had about how he was being used that he shared with Mary Kay Cabot of Cleveland.com. And he made a mistake of bringing Miles Garrett into it. Yeah. You know, they're, they're best player. And uh, so that got him a bunch of negativity from the media, fans, and people in his own organization. He was very uh, positive about the Browns when he was talking to Mark Berman while he was working out. And uh, I don't think the Texans would hold that against him. They haven't held it against D'Amico that he sued him, have they? Nope. And uh, I think if they believe Clowney would help them, they'd sign him. And I think Clowney could help their run defense. You know, he's never a great pass rusher. He's never going to be a great pass rusher. But, you know, if he could play the run and maybe get five or six sacks, uh, boy, have him there with Will Anderson Jr., Jerry Hughes, and uh, and Jonathan Grenard, who's in the last year of his contract, and I bet he stays healthy, that would, would bolster the, the uh, outside uh, edge rushers. Yeah, that's a that I mean you when you lay it out that way, John, like a quartet of defensive ends in this defense that's Will Anderson, John Grenard, Jerry Hughes, and Jadevion Clowney. That's that's a pretty solid group. I mean, I we're making a lot of assumptions with Will Anderson that it's gonna click right away. And obviously he's got a ton of potential. Um, he hasn't taken a snap in the NFL yet, but 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 if we're gonna if we're gonna use his potential as a reason to either get excited or not get excited, that obviously is a very exciting thing, potential wise. Um, so you would sign Clowney, huh? I would sign him in a heartbeat. Okay. He was not a problem off the field. You know, he was no James Harden. Uh, he just, he was always like a playful kid. You know, Brian used to drive him crazy. So he yeah. couldn't wait to trade him. Yeah. I think that's too one of those things you got to trust in D'Amico. Like if they sign him, then I trust that D'Amico Ryans has done all the, the background work, talk to Clowney. I think there's probably going to be a pretty high level of respect from Clowney for D'Amico, maybe, you know, as opposed to Kevin Stefanski or Bill O'Brien or guys like that, right? A former player from the South. Um, so that would be I'm I, I'm I'm with you. It would, you know, it'd certainly be an interesting topic for sure. The number one overall pick from a decade ago, uh, coming back here to uh to try to help the franchise get back on track. Um, you mentioned Jacob Martin, he gets signed. Is I think I saw John Crumpler from the, who does the USA Today Texans corner of the universe. I thought he put it best, John. Jacob Martin coming back on a one-year deal. It is it it is kind of symbolic of where the Texans are maybe right now talent-wise. That two years ago when Jacob Martin was here, the conversation was, can he lead the Texans in sacks? This year he gets signed in 2023, and the question is, is he going to make the team? That's probably yeah. a good sign of things, right? That, that didn't float my boat at all. And yeah. tell you another thing, I heard. And uh, that in the training camp or started training camp in 2020, 
when they were coming off the playoff season, before they went straight down the toilet and O'Brien got fired, that O'Brien called Clowney to see if he might be interested in coming back. Clowney said, hell no. Really? That's so what I heard. So this is uh, th- this is coming off of 2019. So that would have been Clowney's season in Seattle coming out of that into the COVID year in 2020. Yeah. Wow. He had no interest in coming back and playing for Bill. Interesting. Well, wh- I, boy, I guess so, Bill, the guy who traded Clowney months before that, I guess what's the motivation that maybe he felt like he could get him for a whole lot less money that time around because he went to Seattle and still didn't put up more than nine sacks in a season? Yeah, I don't know. Hmm. I don't have it. I don't know, but he just wasn't interested. He wasn't coming back. Yeah, that's well, I, I get that. <laughs> it's like people, I saw all that speculation DeAndre Hopkins could be traded in New England. I'm thinking the last place he'd be going would be New England because there's no way he would play for Bill O'Brien. God, is John who would play for Bill? Like, those are like Bill. Bill scorched some earth on the way out, didn't he? Was it always that way with Bill while he was here with players or like from the get go, or was it once he became the GM too? Those are just the two players. And Clowney, yeah. if he'd have taken that offer of 75 million, might have been 85. I can't remember. Yeah. Now he would have signed a long-term deal. Yeah. But uh, but Hop, it used to drive O'Brien crazy that he wouldn't practice. Even though he played every Sunday, yeah. it used to drive him crazy because Bill's one of those guys that didn't want to have different rules for different players. Yeah. Like you have to if you're going to coach in the in the NFL. And it just drove him nuts. Mm, interesting. Um, so, John, OTA started today. Um, you'll be out there tomorrow. I'm going to try to get out there tomorrow. It starts at 945 when my show begins. So maybe try to get out there for the tail end of it. But you're going to get your long-awaited media session with C.J. Stroud. Are you going to get first question, John? Do we know? No, I don't have any idea. If you do, what is they your first question? They hand me the microphone and, and tell me to ask a question. My first question is going to be, about his meeting with Tom Brady hmm. and uh, and uh, uh, three people. He went to L.A., he and the other four, other three first-round quarterbacks. And it was, who's the guy, the guy that has one of the gambling national? Michael, Michael, Michael Rubin is the head of Fanatics.com. Fanatics.com. They were yeah. at his house. Travis Scott was there. I'm not exactly sure what Travis Scott advice he was giving them, but Brady talked to him about it. A lot of things, and I want to know what he talked to him about, even though we've seen a video they put out, mm-hmm. and uh, what he thought he learned from Brady. Mm-hmm. Um, and then uh, what are you hoping to see at uh, at OTAs? Uh, nobody get hurt. Yeah. Only thing only thing OTAs are for, because you can't, there's no pads, you can't hit, you patty cake every once in a while, is the mental part. And when you have a new head coach, new offensive and defensive coordinators, that mental part is extra, extra important. How they teach it and then how they learn it. Yeah. Is there anything to OTAs and the combinations of players they're using in certain things and stuff like that? I mean, obviously there's a ton of time between now and the season, but does it give you a window into how the coaching staff views this team from a depth chart standpoint at this stage, at least? No, I don't, I don't, we won't see a depth chart. They'll move them around so much out there to try to keep us from doing that exact thing. And, you know, how much coaches will use the V word. They love versatility. Versatility. Oh, yeah. yeah. I was yeah, I, I want to f- see John Mechie since he's coming off more yeah. bad bad luck than just about any player I've ever seen, counting his, his torn ACL and SEC championship game, then leukemia. I want to watch to see how he runs, how he cuts, 
how he catches passes. You know, you can't tell anything about the lineman now. And even though there's nobody covering the receiver, when you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply receivers and nobody rushing you still when they throw the ball down the field you want to see guys make the catch and show good quick hands strong mm-hmm. strong hands and so i'm eager to see xavier hutchinson tank dell mm-hmm. i can't wait to see tank dell when he gets on the field for real mm. okay so john let's uh speaking of for real and speaking of tank dell that's a good segue into a little for real or fugazi are you ready to do these for real. Okay. <laughs> for those who are new to the podcast, we're picking up new listeners every week. Um, once a week, John and I do a segment called For Real or Fugazi. I read a statement as if it is the truth. If John agrees that it is the truth, he says for real. And if he thinks that I'm out of my mind and it's false, he says... Fugazi. Fugazi. That's Italian for counterfeit is what that is. Fake. Phony. All right. Speaking of Tank Dell, John. For real or Fugazi, Tank Dell is the most important rookie on this team, not named Stroud or Anderson. For real or Fugazi? Well, for real, you know that's that's not even a that's not even a mystery. Now, if Juice Scruggs, once he gets to be a center, and he's going to have a relationship with C.J. Stroud, which is a column I wrote for Six Ten last week, mm-hmm. that he'll be important. But as far as position players, you know, I I. Uh, Trenton, Ho- Trenton Holiday was yeah. the last really small guy they had, and I think he was bigger than Tank. For some reason, the Texans keep listing Tank at 5'10", like he was listed at U of H. All their sizes are wrong because they're picking up their college, and I asked them if they'd start using the combine sizes because it's legit. And so Tank is 5'8", and 165, and he's like a gnat. I can't wait till they get him the ball. He's going to be in the slot. I'll bet you Bobby Slowick, who's going to be like Kyle Shanahan, very ingenious with some of the things he does. I can't wait to see Tank get the ball. Brendan was five foot five, John. Five five. Five five. Trendon well, Holiday. If that was the Texans listing, he's probably five two. <laughs> five five one sixty six. This is according to Wikipedia. So well, he's listed at five five on Wikipedia. They uh, I don't even know if he went to the combine, but he was a really good kick returner for a yeah. while, and that was it. He was not a weapon like Tank Dell. No, he hung around though. He hung around in the league for six years. Trendon Holiday wow. did. Yeah, wow. he uh, he got to a Super Bowl with the Denver Broncos in twenty thirteen. So there's that. Um, all right, let's keep it moving on the for real or fugazis. Uh, John, uh, for real or Fugazi, Jim Brown is the greatest running back of all time. Um, for real, he's not just the greatest running back. He's the best player I've ever seen. Wow. Okay. Five, the five best. I looked at Jim Irsay's list. I got a for real or Fugazi on that. So, okay. hey, yeah. My five favorite players, Jim Brown's the greatest player I've ever seen. And I yeah. started watching him when I was a kid and fell in love with the NFL and the AFL in 1960. Mm-hmm. And he was dominating the NFL. And a friend of mine the other day said, well, those people couldn't tackle back then. I said, yeah. I said, you know how many of them are in the Hall of Fame? And Jim Brown, uh, Jim Brown, Tom Brady, Lawrence Taylor, 
Reggie White and Jerry Rice are the five greatest players I've ever seen. And when he came to TriStar show, uh, I was over there and I was too, this was like uh, 10 years ago. I was too intimidated to go up to him. I'm like, that's Jim Brown. He got to make out with Raquel Welch, <laughs> 100 <laughs> rifles. And so that's how big Jim Brown was for me. I was like Porky Pig. So, so did you stay away or did you go up there? Did you ever meet him? No, I stayed away. You never met Jim Brown. That surprises me, John. I feel like he was every Hall, Hall of Famer yeah. that there is. I have. And, and uh, Bobby Mintz and Jeff Rosenberger on TriStar, like, you want us to take you over to introduce you to Jim? And I, I'm, I'm good. Really? Wow. Yeah. The great John McClain getting stage fright. If, uh, John, you were on set with Vanessa Hudgens. Uh, you can you can do this, John. You... I was on set with Selena Gomez. I yeah. was on set with a, Diane Lane. I was not tongue-tied with any of them, but That's I was unbelievable. Jim tongue Brown. Tongue-tied with Jim Brown. All right, along those lines, you mentioned Jim Ursay's tweet with his top five. For real or Fugazi, John Elway is a top five player of all time, and Peyton Manning is not. For real or Fugazi? Fugazi. I bet he felt like an idiot when he did that. He probably did it about two in the morning. Yep. And then the next, oh, bleep, I left out Peyton. Yeah. But no, yeah. Johnny Elway is not in my top five. Yeah, he might be in my fifth quarterback. Yeah. But uh, no, I mean, and that's Jim Irsay's opinion. And I bet if he had to do it over again, Sean, uh, Johnny Elway would not be in there. And if he was, it would be with uh, Peyton Manning. He didn't have. Lawrence Taylor in there. No, nope. he didn't have Jerry Rice. No, in there. no, he and he had a follow up tweet, John, where he mentioned Peyton, Barry Sanders, and Jerry Rice. Like, yeah, they're in my top ten. Like, he didn't mention Lawrence Taylor. It's <laughs> Jim Irsay is a piece of work, man. He is a piece of work. It's um, well, the ironic part is not only did he leave Peyton out of the top five, but the quarterback who most people think should be taken out of there is the guy who didn't want to go play for the Irsays in Baltimore. <laughs> John, John Elway. John Elway. Yeah. It's crazy. Um, so yeah, so that's uh Jim Mercer. For the for what it's worth, his top five was Jim Brown, Tom Brady, John Elway, Deacon Jones, and Reggie White was his top five. So um, so that's old, that's old Jim Mercer. So that's a Fugazi for you. All right, John, I got a couple baseball ones here. It feels like old Michael Brantley is never gonna play. Another at-bat for the Houston Astros ever again. For real or Fugazi? Boy, you're right. It's for real. Yeah. Having that setback and they're loaded with outfielders. It sounds like, though, when he wants to come back, come hell or high water, Dusty's going to put him in there. He's going to put him in the 2-0 uh, no matter what happens. And right now, uh, you know, Jake Myers and Chaz McCormick are doing just fine yeah. in center field. If I was going to play somebody else, it would be Mauricio Dubon. And Brantley did take a lot of ground balls at first base in spring mm -hmm. training. So if they have to bring him back, put him out there for Jose Abreu. Yeah, he played some first base on his rehab assignment too. Absolutely, I, I'm I'm with you on that. That's I as long as you know as long as Brantley's comfortable over there at first base, uh, and he's played some first base too. This isn't just something brand new. They did. he never played for the Astros, but he's he's played at first base before in his career. Along those lines, John Mauricio Dubon. Not getting any at-bats this weekend with Altuve back? No big deal. For real or Fugazi? Fugazi. Even though they won all three games, he's hitting 309. I believe in his last game he had three hits. Mm -hmm. And 
I see Abreu at first base and different guys at DH, I would make sure Dubon at worst was my DH for every game. Yeah. And because, and then if he comes back down to earth and starts to hit 240, that's fine. But the guy's hot. And right now you run the risk of cooling him off. You imagine, John, somebody who went into a coma during spring training. Actually, today is the day, like an Astros fan, and they come out of their coma. And the first thing they do, because it's 2023, is they go to Twitter just to see what's happening. As you know, they're celebrating getting out of their coma <laughs> by going to Twitter. <laughs> and they see the outroar, the, uh, the, the outrage, the uproar for, uh, Mauricio Dubon not being in the lineup over the weekend. I would have to wonder how many years I've been in a coma for if I was, if that's the first thing I saw. Like people were outraged that uh, Mauricio Dubon had to sit on the bench this weekend. I think they would think they were dreaming. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Like a fever dream, man. Like a crazy one. All right, John, last one. The best soda to have in a float is Dr. Pepper, for real or Fugazi? Fugazi. And I love Dr. Pepper. I grew up in Waco where it was invented, where the Dr. Pepper museum is uh but the best one to me is root beer root beer okay i well didn't, root beer floats didn't it i don't know if they did this when you were at baylor but i know they did when my son was at baylor they would occasionally have like root beer or no, like dr pepper float socials on campus there they have places around the baylor campus certain times a week where you can go get floats they yeah. cost you a penny for free you just go up and get them dr pepper supplies them and I love Dr. I love Diet Dr. Pepper. I don't drink it anymore. Yeah. Because of the soda weight loss program. <clears throat> Excuse me. But I think you can't beat a root beer flow. Have you um have you had like you you know, you can you can tell me, John, have you had like at least a little taste of the Dr. Pepper bluebell ice cream float? Have you seen that? No, I've seen it, but I have not had it taste. Good for you. Good for you. Yeah. Yeah, no, it is pretty cool on campus there. They have those free uh, Dr. Pepper float socials. Almost makes the fifty-five thousand dollar tuition bill feel like nothing. You know, at least you're getting a free root, you're getting a free float out of this, Sammy. Yeah, it's great. If, I, if they had those when I was in school, I'd have gotten a lot fatter, a lot sooner. <laughs> I know, I know, they're so good. And by the way, Bluebell, shout out to Bluebell. That that ice cream, I have had a little bit of. I'm in maintenance, so I, you know, Is it I can, good. Are they good? Of course, it was. Doc, you kidding me, John? Uh, Dr. Dr. Pepper made right, out of ice stop, cream with bluebell vanilla mixed in. Stop. It's driving me crazy. And they had tons of it up at the station. The bluebell president of the please, after please, a bluebell. Yeah, please. I'll, I'll stop, John. I'll stop. Thank John, you. let's change the subject. What do you got going on on your uh, on your various platforms here? I'm doing a column on, for SportsRadio610.com where I am a senior columnist. On Jalen Petrie, I went to a Baylor event where he was speaking mm. Friday and got him on a number of subjects. And then I'm going to do one on Wednesday about the first day that they allowed us to talk to C.J. Stroud. And uh, maybe Friday I might do one on Jadeveon Clowney. Assume, I don't think D'Amico will shoot it down, keep it alive. And I may do a column like we just talked about on what he could mean to the Texans' run defense. Okay, so a couple things there, John, real quick. So um, so you think D'Amico, it sounds like if he has not gotten asked yet, at some point you're going to ask him about Clowney tomorrow, it sounds like. Is that accurate? Yeah, that's the first thing I'm going to ask him uh, about. I'm going to not say Mark Berman's report. I'm going to say, D'Amico, there was a report by a guy that's retiring. I'll do that. Okay. By a guy that's re TV <laughs> guy that's retiring. <laughs> yes. I don't want to mention his name. Jadavion <laughs> Clowney is – interested in coming back here I and mean, what's the response okay yes oh that's right because stroud was the one whose first question you okay your first question to stroud is going to be the brady question i knew you had mentioned a first question to somebody earlier 
in this uh, in this podcast. So, all right, so there's that. And then when does your article, the the Petrie interview, go up? It's going up today on Monday as soon as I write it. As soon okay. as I get off this podcast, I'm going to write it. Okay. Is there any, any sort of tease you can give to that column? I'm really intrigued by some things Petrie might have to say. Uh, about I, One of the questions I asked him yep. was, he was he old enough to know who D'Amico was when he Ooh. was a player? And he was not. But he said as soon as he was hired, I started looking for his highlights. And what did he think? He, he says nothing but great things, of I'm course. Sure. Also, Petrie talking about Will Anderson Jr. Oh, good. Okay, well, and, that's a good tease. And C.J. Stroud. He said he bumped into Stroud somewhere away from football, and all Stroud wanted to do was talk about football. I like that, that impressed, John. That impressed the heck out of him. I like that a lot. I'm 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 digging C.J. Stroud more and more. I tell you that the more Me uh, too. the more we get to know him. Absolutely. Uh, all right, John. Good stuff as always. I enjoyed it. We'll do it again on Tuesday. You know it. Yeah, that's right. We record a little mailbag a little early this week because I got a little trip out to. Uh, trip out to the desert to go I gotta go see some people out in Vegas not I'm not I don't owe anybody any money or anything like that I just I'm going out there to have <laughs> to have a little fun I, I know what the people are thinking who are listening right now I don't owe anybody any money yet um John enjoyed it and uh, we'll do it again tomorrow thanks very much Sean as All always right. good stuff big thanks to Figgy Fig for getting you guys the podcast hit that subscribe button and you will be ready to go and you are squared away and you'll get this podcast delivered to you wherever it is you get your podcast we appreciate you doing that for the hall of famer john mcclain i'm sean pendergast we are out of time we will see all of you tomorrow for a mailbag episode h-o-u mailbag at gmail.com for all your mailbag questions have a great day everybody